looking at uh, Romans chapter 3, and there's a passage in there that's pretty well known. There's some well-known passages and verses in Romans, of course. But we're looking at Romans chapter 3, starting at verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And as some people know, there's a reference to this in other places in the Bible that basically none of us is really a good person. This is a, this is a big passage for me, or it's a humbling or convicting passage. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are all, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulchre. And forgive me if I'm saying that word wrong. I always hear it pronounced different ways. It's an open grave. It's something that's not good. And with their tongues, they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, most people are not going to take that because, again, most people think they're good people. So that kind of passage, that kind of Bible, is going to bother them. Most people want to stick with parts of the Bible that say things like, I can do all things through Christ. They like that stuff. And that is Bible. But you, this is the other side of it. I can do all things through Christ. That means you can't do anything by yourself. We don't like to admit that part of it. We don't want to talk about that part of it. And right now we're looking at specifically in the middle of that passage, Romans 3, chapter, Romans 3, 10 through 18. And right there in verse 14, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Cursing and bitterness. Now, I got some correspondence from a listener or a viewer of some of our messages. And this person takes issue with me that I used the well-known football coach's image. Uh, when we did a previous message about the dangers of the tongue. And I was talking about avoiding the evil that so easily comes from our mouth by way of our speech. Not just cursing per se, just we're speaking evil things. But cursing or profanity is included in that. We can encourage or discourage people with our words. The Bible says the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity set on fire of hell. And this person asked me, what did that coach, the picture that I used in that message or the video, what did that coach have to do with controlling the tongue? Why did I use coach's photo of him going nuts on the sideline to illustrate my points about how a person who is pursuing God's righteousness will have a leash on his tongue, his speech? Now, I don't watch sports for entertainment. I used to. I haven't for many years at this point. 2022 or 2023 and it's partly because the reason i don't watch this stuff for entertainment is you don't only get sports when you go to the high level games or watch the broadcast you get a lot of other junk and once i realized that it was easier for me to okay i don't i don't want this anymore and i hear people the last several years they're complaining about athletes taking political or personal stances during or around the games and these people will say they quit watching sports over. I don't watch NFL because those football players are kneeling. And that's hard for me to understand because how 
they cannot see. They should have quit watching the sports already because everything surrounding the sports is darkness. And I don't have to watch the NFL regularly to know that many of the entertainers you watch from sports or otherwise, they're profane people, including the coach we were just talking about. And that's why his image was in that video. Because that man is famous for spewing venom and being fiery. And no one is judging everything about him because he's like that. It's just a fact that he's like that. He's got a big mouth and he's got a foul tongue. There's no way around that. Whatever else he is, there's that. In that way, he represents most people that I come across in the world today. We cannot control ourselves or we don't want to. You remember that word incontinent. It's not just about somebody who can't hold their insides in. That's what you think of when you hear that word. Adult diapers or something. No, it, it basically means somebody is not self-governing in other, in other ways, too. Like in the way they use their words. And we pass all this stuff off. You know, you can't control yourself, can't control your emotion, can't control your mouth. We pass it off as being yourself. And you tell it like it is. And people can't handle the truth and all these justifications. It's nothing but pride dripping out of your mouth when you talk like that. But you somehow think it's righteous. And I understand when I say self-governing, we understand the truth, which is we can't actually govern ourselves. I mean, not really. We're, when we're walking in the flesh and not by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're all depraved. We're not basically good and do bad things, which is what pretty much everybody says now. We're basically good people who do some bad things. No, no, I don't. Eh, you can believe that if you want to, but it's the opposite. According to the Bible, we are, we're basically bent on going against the Lord naturally from birth. And alongside that, we have some good works, but which are, which are not going to save us. The good works are not going to save us. Because the Bible is always right and it tells the truth about us. Every man and woman we largely go our own way and do what's right in our own eyes. I mean, that's our leaning. That's the reason we use the Lord's wisdom and judgment as our own as best we can. That's the reason there are worldly governments and the reason for the police and courts and judges and prisons and all of that. All those things are going to be flawed because men and women have set them up and carried them out. But sin demands that men and women running a system for the devil that they're going to rule over us. And it's always going to be imperfect. It's always going to have corruption stirred in because we're limited people. You can't go around angry because the world's systems are messed up because you have a hand in it. From God's view, you're going to blame the elites and politicians and a relative handful of bad cops. No, it's not just them. They're just mirrors for us. The, what you call average Joes and Janes. Your sin, my sin, everyone's sin, it keeps this whole thing moving. That means there will be oppression and perversions of justice going on all day long, everywhere you look. And don't be surprised about it anymore. I mean, you thought you were innocent? Is that what you're going to claim? No one's ever been cut by what you've said and done, right? You never took anything that didn't belong to you. Is that it? And you, you were never, I don't know, unjust towards your parents, your children, your neighbors, your boss, 
your workers, I don't know, the person who gave you a coffee. You're, you're, you're perfect person. All those people, right? You're a perfect victim. But what you are is a stinking liar. If you think in that way and think that you're innocent, there is none that doeth good, none righteous, no, not one. Jesus says there's none good but one, and it ain't any man or woman. You think it's a contradiction? No, it's God himself that is good, all light, no darkness in him. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments after your profession of faith. Just about all of us like to call out anything and anyone except ourselves. And I use that principle of you and I having a tendency to grade ourselves on a curve. I use that to point at the idea of curse words, uh, profanity, foul, wicked speech, or whatever you want to call it. And people say these are just words, but words have meaning. Otherwise, we don't need language. I mean, is that basic enough? You see how people try to outsmart the room and they just end up deceiving themselves. Because you use that phrase, they're just words, until you say that certain words have meaning. To you decided they have meaning. You say that people shouldn't be put off by what you say. But I guarantee that I can find something to say to you that will offend you. Or well, I can do it. If I was of that mind. Man is speech capable. Therefore, language was in inevitable. Even if you want to point out the fact, and it is a fact, that language has been manipulated. A lot of the English language in particular, and you can dig into other ones too, but just looking at the English language itself, there's some wicked things about it. And that's a deep conversation. We can just say that languages, especially English, are manipulated and corrupt because of this thing called sin. Sin permeates all of creation, has all these ripple effects. And one of these effects is people lie and they lie about things by saying things like words don't matter. I mean, let's just get logical for a minute. Let's see. OK, so you use these words for a reason and then you act like they don't matter and that. You know, they're just curse words because people say they're curse words. OK, well, then why do you use the same few words each time? Especially when you're angry or trying to prove some strong point. Use the same six or seven words or whatever it is. The reason is that those certain few words, those so-called curse words, they matter to you. They mean something to you. It's either a lack of vocabulary or you like the effect on others and on yourself. You like how you feel when you spit certain words out. What we call curse words, profanity. I mean, you can't lie to somebody who has some sense here and say these words only have a bad meaning because people say they're bad. I mean, again, if you're slow here, they do have a bad meaning. We agree that they have a bad meaning and you agree, too. You know why? Because you only use these words when you're angry or when you're mad or insane, if only for a moment. You use them not to express beautiful or godly thoughts. They exist to disturb and hurt people. And again, I mean, that might be the meaning for now and the meaning of them may change. But right now, that's what they're for. You, uh, you might can come up with situations that are exceptions to what I just said and go ahead and try. But point is, you want everybody to make being dirty normal and OK. I mean, we're not talking about a slip of the tongue. We're not talking about someone who used to speak that way and out of old habit lets one go. 
we're talking about an intentional way of speaking and acting. You see, right, when you take pleasure and glee out of trying to shock and, and bludgeon people with words that don't matter, you know, because you don't use them out of love. You don't use them because you're happy or content. You use the so-called curse words because you're cursing someone. It's maybe not in a necessarily in a movie witchcraft spellcasting kind of way. But then again, it is a spellcasting witchcraft kind of way when you get practical about it. And they're related. The cursing, the curse words and the cursing like a wizard might do in a movie or something. They're kind of related. It's wishing evil on another person. I mean, you got to think now. Just think. You're using words in both cases. You're using words to wish evil on a man or a woman. It's a witchcraft. Why are you using your tongue for ill? And then you'll turn around and say that somebody like me is old fashioned, you're outdated, you're traditional. No, the, 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 the word that mockers are using or that they're looking for there is biblical. You can use those other terms if you want to, but I just want to be biblical. I want to do what God wants me to do. We're aiming to be biblical for saying you're wrong to use those words in that way. And now if you talk like this, somebody's going to walk around and say you, you're just a boomer or whatever. It's like, that's like an insult now. Be quiet, boomer, like the baby boom generation. Like you're old, basically. You're basically saying you be quiet, boomer, because you're old. I'm not even a boomer. I don't. I don't think I'm old enough to be in that category. But so be it. Basically, you're old, and you need to get out of the way because we're over here being profane, and we don't need you over here trying to, you know, tamp it down a little bit. We're trying to get wild over here. The future is here. Get with it or get out of the way. That's kind of always going to be the code right there. The old is always going to make way for the new, the new, and we know that. And the new is consistently going to be dumbed down, leisure chasing, all of that, to, uh, more or progressively over time. It's not that every single thing from former generations is better or pure than what's going on now. No, no, we understand that. There's always been evil in the world. We understand that. But overall, it is it is worse than it was. Overall, the course of the world is a gradual descent into darkness. I mean, that's going on right now. Maybe you noticed. The wicked men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. That course, that path, it may dogleg and take a few detours, but ultimately, it's going to a literal hell or hell fire. If you don't believe there's a lake, a literal lake of fire waiting for you, if you're not saved, if you don't believe that, then you're in the wrong place right now. I don't know how you made it this far in this and what I'm saying. But maybe you stay for a reason. Or maybe you think hell is just a state of mind or figurative or a place that your living relatives can buy your way out of. You're way off. You need to go sit down. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And when your mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, which one are you? Are you in the flesh and carnally minded or are you mindful of life and peace? This is easy answer that we're meant to be peaceable among all men and women until we can't be. I describe it as being the difference between um, kind and nice. I strive to be kind in most every situation, but I want the wisdom to draw the line. You can't be nice to everybody. If somebody is being unpeaceable and they're trying to hurt and hinder me and Hinder me and mine intentionally. And at that point, I can't be nice. 
I want the balance to be this way without being bitter and profane. Now, Jesus is the example. He wasn't always nice, but he was always kind. Thing is, most of us like the profanity and the darkness, but God doesn't. And I want to be on his side today. I can find more and more arguments uh, for or defending profanity today than I'd want to keep track of. But they're everywhere now. You'll get called out for not cursing. The mainstream corporations are part of it. Many of their ads are turning more and more profane. It's just casual and matter of fact anymore. And most everyone can see what's going on. It's more about are you okay with what's going on or aren't you? Are you down with good turns to evil and evil to good? When I'm temporarily in my right mind and I'm preaching Christ and him crucified and everything that entails, I'm called evil, judgmental, all of that. The world preaches perversion, profanity, bitterness, wrath, vengeance, and then calls all of these things good. Which side are you picking? I look at Psalm chapter 10. This is talking about wicked people. Psalm chapter 10. Wicked people, they got a, their face is even prideful. The pride of his countenance. The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. The wicked boasts of his heart's desires. So it's, it's got, he's got wicked desires in his heart. He's blessing the covetous. The Lord said the Lord hates covetous people. Or at least he thinks they're an abomination. Look at Psalm 10, chapter 7. This whole passage right there, this whole chapter, it doesn't speak well of people who are walking around cursing and being filthy with their mouth. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. Is, it, is that describing the world that you're experiencing today? Let me get your report about it. I mean, so everybody's cursing now. And it's been that way at least for several decades. My lifetime, basically. We think we're evolving and progressive. These are usually cold words for we want to move further away from God. And it's not that past generations were perfect, as we said. You can go back and pick apart any time, any people, any culture. And so. But I remember hearing somebody say years ago, I think there's some truth to it. That the unsaved man of 700 years ago was more godly than most Christians are in the 21st century. The course of this world is set towards hellfire and even lost people can see it. They just don't want to call it what it is. And they mostly feel that moving more quickly on that descending path is the way up. That's why they'll lament the state of the world, but they don't agree with the Christian that the reason the world is the way it is, is because of sin. Now, they got other reasons, which is not going to work out for the world or for them. And what these types will say is that men or men and women, that we're evolving into some new form and that it's going to come about because of an ungodly unity. They think it's a godly unity. Little G God. It's going to be an ungodly unity that doesn't match up with Psalm 133, chapter 133, verse 1. That's, that's a real unity. But the world wants our ungodly unity. It's a coming together of the world which shuts the Lord Jesus Christ out. It's called a new age. It's called a lot of things. It has a thousand different faces. Down is the way up. Evil is the new good. Can you see it? The same as other sins which have been around since people have been around. Nowadays, being foul is it's endorsed. 
to be profaning and bitter in your speech and other conversation. It's not just accepted, it's acceptable. And I've noted for many years now that if your speech is clean and sincere and direct, rather than dark and snarky and sarcastic and filthy and want to be clever and got to get the last word. Then people start to mark you. They kind of don't like you. They might admire you on some level sometimes, but overall they don't really want to be around you or that is they don't want to fellowship with you. It's all okay if you keep things what I call business polite. You have to be like that as a Christian. Otherwise you are going to fellowship with the works of darkness. And, and, and if you make a mistake and you want to get deeper and be friends with the yuck mouth kind of people, you're going to start to see how they want you to engage with them on their level. What is their level normally? Dirty joke, pop music lyrics, worldly entertainers. What's their latest project and what's their latest drama? That's what these people are going to talk about. Godly, eternal things. Go try to talk about these things with the profanity spitting person that you know. And see if they can keep up. See if they want to continue talking to you. They're going to end the conversation. I, I want to report on that from somebody. Uh, here's one for you. Tell me if you notice how even the lost and perishing world calls music with the blurred or the bleeped out certain words. They call it the clean version. Remember that? You know, everything's digital now, but I grew up when we had CDs, tapes, and all that, albums. And they would have that little black and white label on it. Everybody remembers that if you're a certain age. Parental advisory, specific lyrics or whatever content. But then they would have a clean version. They would kind of bleep out the words. And the meanwhile, the bleeped out words, you still know what that person is saying, don't you? Because of the context. You know what they said. And not only that, not only that, the fake moral bleep noise, it really just serves the purpose of still drawing attention to the word that was bleeped. The bad word. You hear that bleep noise and we've been conditioned to, to perk up, I believe. That noise makes you perk up. It's like a Pavlov's dogs or whatever. Oh, something dirty just happened. I heard that noise. That's what that noise means. Hey, look over here. Somebody's saying something wicked. Oh, but they're, they're trying to protect you by using the noise, right? Isn't it? But they still put the song before you in the first place. Because you got to think about it. Whatever song that the bleep noise is part of, it's not a good song anyway. You got any exceptions? Bring them to me. The song was not good anyway. But the, the content of it. And the point is, like we've seen, the same as other forms of wickedness, evil speech is wicked. Guess. I know you might be so evolved you can't see this. But the same as what, what they call alphabet mafia same as men hopping around with any woman they can get and vice versa. Uh, same as not taking care of your family and wanting enough to do your own thing. All this is sinful. But people are not just okay with these things now, but they'll try to run you off or silence you if you call it out and say it's wrong. And most folks that you will come across today, they're going to defend being profane and bitter, even though the people that defend it, most times they're miserable. Lost people think that we're miserable for defending the commandments of God. They say the Christian is miserable for wanting to stay in bounds of that book. But their so-called freedom is the real prison. And I can think of a few reasons why people are like this. We've already went over some of them. I know why they defend all the, what you call it, bad words 
and a freedom to be gross and disgusting in, in, in their speech. One reason is you don't trust God, which means you don't love God. What do you mean I don't trust God? Because I said a few curse words? Well, if you get down to it, none of us loves God as we should, which that, that is true. What I'm talking about here is a purposeful hating of how he wants us to act and control ourselves. No, you don't trust the words of God, the Bible, as it tells us to bridle and control our tongues. Our tongue steers the way a small rudder influences a large vessel. Do we know that? Do we believe that? If you don't trust his words, you don't trust him. If you don't trust him, do you really love him? Could be that you don't trust him, that following this principle of being careful with our words is really what's best for us. Maybe you don't believe that we're all going to account for every idle word. Perhaps you cannot take it that would have followed peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. How are all these fake nice guys going to be peaceable truly if their speech is vile? Where is the holiness? Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. Look, the way you and I talk affects others and they affect us. You can encourage them or you can be part of the defilement of everything. You defend all the trashy talk because you don't trust God. As he says, he doesn't take pleasure in hard-hearted, stubborn people who use word in evil ways. You don't trust God, but the Lord Jesus is trustworthy. God is trustworthy, which is understatement. It's a big understatement right there. Are you, you, you're, you right now, the person who loves to use what we say are curse words or profanity, you, are you trustworthy? Yeah, don't answer that. Now, another reason you like to use the curse words is you don't care for people. And I know most people you come across appear as pretty nice folks. They know how to care and share and put on the airs. And some of them have genuine good works. But in this hour, even the people who are among the kindest you'll ever meet and who are sometimes very soft spoken and seem graceful, they are out here with filth popping out of their mouths. I don't remember it being like that before, but this is just very common now. The nice people you meet have been influenced to have dirty minds, dirty hearts, dirty speech. And so even the mildest folks out here are popping off profanity in every single sentence now, you know, just in casual conversation about the weather or anything. What's up with that? You think it's natural? It's a natural movement that this is happening? No. It's a course of this world and it's been normalized. It's trash talking and cursing dudes out and nobody's going to get over on me and all that. It's wrath that people have. And it's just got a, a, a nice mask on it. The people who defend all that stuff, they're going to justify it. And they're going to say that people who just made them angry and pushed them to speak so harshly out of emotion. You know, why you act like that? Because people make me mad. Well, that's not a good enough reason. And if they spit fire at anyone, it's always the other person's fault. The people who justify sin, any kind of sin, they're some of the most critical and self-righteous people. And if you're critical and righteous over much, you're going to lack grace and mercy. I'm glad God is not like that. I'm glad he's got some patience with me. Now, the people who act like that, you don't really care about people. Even if you have some good works. But the good thing for us, God does care. True believers care in our imperfect way. We have the best example. You curse and use profanity 
so you can pretend that you don't care, that you're tough or something. You speak that way because you have no hope. Do you hate this life or, or maybe you hate yourself? And then we as Christians, we have hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Hope is in the package of a person, ultimately, and his name is Jesus Christ. And let, let people mock that if they will. And they will because they have no hope eternally. They know where they're headed. And they got to mock Jesus and those of us who love him while they still have time. So go ahead. We're still going to sanctify the Lord God in our hearts. We're still going to be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh a reason of the hope that is in us. And we're going to do that with meekness and fear. Now I know the world has messed up the word hope and they, they twisted up the whole concept of hope. The world by way of the devil messes up everything good and right. He knows that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and that there is no way to the father in heaven except from Jesus Christ himself. So he's going to give you the devil that it is. He's going to give you a bunch of fake versions of Jesus to distract you. He, the devil, knows that the Bible contains what will save and help people. So he gives you a bunch of mockers handling scripture and error. And 50,000 versions of the Bible, so you don't even know what it says. Or at least you think you don't. He knows the rainbow is a symbol of the covenant between God and man. So he uses sodomites to co-opt that image to the point where you can't look at a rainbow without at least flashing through your mind that abominations have been connected to it. Remember, the devil can't create. He can only twist and pervert things in people. That's why those outside the faith, they can never debunk the Lord Jesus. They don't even know who he is. They're just out here flailing. They're impotent. They can only disagree with his excellence. And don't let all these self-styled smart people of the world discourage you. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you know what's in that King James Bible is better than anything they have, hold on to that. Take heart. They don't know what they're talking about. And smart people don't choose hellfire. There's a hot take for you. We're on the winning side. We're right. And we're going to be proven right. And not of ourselves, because God is right. God says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. There's no wiggle room there. You can't be neutral about that about whether that's true or not. Well, it might be. No, you already know if you believe what I just read from the Bible. 